Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast Knockout Hour. Woo! We are talking the sport that we all know and love, the UFC, baby. And without further ado, let's get into it, boys. Ah, thanks, Steven. Always the... Bam, 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 bam. All right, I had to... <laughs> Thanks, dude. It's, it's like literally the best intro anyone can ever give for this podcast. Um, have you thought about going into into that as a career? Just, just ask. I've thought about going into the um, ad lib career. You know, mm-hmm. like I know okay. the, you know, or like that that like grandma from the Migos, or um, mm-hmm. or you know, like skirt, skirt. Like I can do, you know. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah, I can throw out some crazy ad libs. Someone pay me. <laughs> sure. Well, as Steven said, this is uh, I'm always right. Sports ca- or uh, sports podcast, the Knockout Hour. Um, I'm your host, the Merge Zone, Mike Burkle. Joining me, we got two of our uh, co-hosts here. The first one, you heard him do the intro. Uh, he's been out the last couple weeks, but he's back better than ever. We got Steven Drew. Steven, how are you? I'm back in black, baby. I'm feeling good in the neighborhood. I'm ready to hit some UFC tonight, so I'm excited, I'm electric, and I'm ecstatic to talk about some dudes punching each other in the face. Yeah, and and a note for Steven here, uh, last time you heard from him, he is now a newly engaged man, so congrats, Steven, on that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I have pictures up on my Instagram. Uh, Go like him and make my girlfriend, excuse me, fiance happy. You know, gotta love it. And then also with us, the other co-hosts of the show, the Whaleman Kyle Butzanowski. Kyle, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm I'm good, Michael, but I'm also sad because this could possibly be one of my last uh, podcast appearances for the for the next few months. I'm getting a jaw surgery next month, mm-hmm. the day before UFC 296. So I'll be watching that from a hospital bed, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. that means we have to make this podcast just legendary. Absolutely. Yeah, so like how said, he's going to be having jaw surgery in the middle of December, so there'll probably be a good couple weeks to probably like six weeks or so. You probably won't hear Kyle on here, but that's why we got Steven and, and uh, Tyler, who can't be with us today, but, um, you know, they'll be subbing in and they'll be on uh, in Kyle's place, so you know, good luck on that. We're going to get Nick Gallo to do a guest appearance. Oh, yeah, we're going to get Nick Gallo on here, too. He's He's in the group chat. He just never... Wants to, wants to be on for some reason. We gotta we gotta get him on. He's a little shy. We're gonna get him on though. Sure. Well, I think I think the perfect one to jump him in is uh, previewing the two ninety six card. It's a that, pretty stacked yeah. card, and I think I think there's a lot to talk about on that card. I'd, I'd like to get his opinions on those. I think we gotta try to get him on for that one. Oh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, we're we're here. We're ready to go. Um, we kind of. You know, had a couple weeks. We had, you know, Thanksgiving and some other stuff happened, so we weren't here. So we're actually going to do a quick little overview of UFC 295. And when I say when I say quick, it'll probably end up being like 45 minutes. But we're going to try to make it quick because we got other things to talk about. But we're going to start off our main event for the light heavyweight championship, and Alex Pereira knocks out Yuri Prohaska with elbows to become the new light heavyweight champion. Um, I'll throw it to Kyle here because I was with Kyle when we watched this show together. Kyle, what was your reaction to seeing Alex Pereira get the win here? Yeah, man, it was crazy watching that stuff. You know, you know how we do it in the theater, man. We we, we post up with the popcorn and the drinks, and we get to watch mm-hmm. all this, these dudes kill each other on this massive screen. And watching that fight, it was crazy, man. Because I was like, I was just waiting 
for Yuri Prohaska to do something so crazy that it would get him a win. But he basically did – like, remember when, when we previewed 295, I was like, okay, Alex Pajeda is going to hit him with the leg kicks. He's not going to like that. Then he's going to go for the takedown, and he's probably going to get caught, and he's probably going to get KO'd. And I don't know what you thought, but that like that what happened is exactly what I said that. He was like kicking him. He wasn't liking that. You know, Yuri, he's got that interesting style, leaning back, leaning side to side, trying to get those weird angles. And Alex Pereira is very skilled, technical, and when it mattered, he was able to catch him at those weird angles. And, I mean, Yuri Pahaska kind of played into what Alex Pereira is really good at, you know, just kind of – kind of keeping range, being able to pick him apart. And, mm-hmm. you know, once he got that once he got that signature left hook, I mean, like, there's not much else that needs to be said in there. And those elbows were crazy. And, I mean, when he got – when the fight ended, I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, yeah, it was – He knocked out. It was, it was kind of a and shocking ending. Like, oh, no, sorry. Okay. Uh, I was trying to throw in there that it was kind of a, a shocking ending. Um, it was kind of quick, and I know a lot of people on the discourse on, on X and on Instagram and stuff were like, oh, I think they ended it a bit early. Um, and then afterwards, Yuri came out and was like, no, nah, I was knocked out. Like, it was a good stoppage. So, um, but Steven, what were your kind of takeaways, and did you think it was stopped early? Or, um, you know, just like reactions? Give, give me your breakdown here. Yeah, I mean, so um, I, I don't know why dudes keep trying to – like, did we not learn from Sean Strickland? Like, you – you don't want to stand and throw with that guy. Like, uh, Izzy, Izzy may have only won that, that fight because he pulled a little Derek Lewis there, played possum for a second. Mm-hmm. Alex thought he was going in for a kill and, and learned very quickly that he was playing possum. But So, I mean, uh, it, it, it's wild to me that he didn't incorporate more wrestling. I mean, I, like, I get, like, trying to maybe make a statement and say, like, hey, I can strike, but, like, this dude's a world champion kickboxer. You You don't want to you don't want to go ahead and catch that smoke, right? So mm-hmm. um, I thought the the fight was interesting. I, I really thought Prohaska was kind of like Kyle said, going to incorporate a little bit more ground game, a little bit more um, wrestling. It, it's those quick little leg kicks of Pereira that just kill guys and they can't stay in the fight. They can't throw their punches with force because their legs are shot. So, I mean, and like it's wicked lightning quick too. So it's always mm-hmm. nice to see that. Um. I, it was so hard for me to choose someone to win this fight. I mean, these guys are both studs. They're both killers. I mean, um, when when Prohaska knocked out Dominic Reyes with that spinning back elbow, I was like, oh, this guy's for real. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. And then, uh, so, I mean, to see to see the elbow kind of do it there was um, interesting, I thought, if, if not anything else. But um, I I didn't know if I saw this one going the distance, but I definitely um, definitely didn't think it was going to be as standing up, I guess, as it was. Um, mm-hmm. I think with that, too, the call at the end was the most confusing part for me because Alex Pajeda's like, hey, Izzy, come on up to lightweight. And I'm like, Izzy does not want to do that <laughs> because he lost to Jan Blahovich because he just can't pack those pounds on correctly. Mm-hmm. We learned when he fought Jan, so... I mean, I, Izzy, if Izzy goes up and fights that fight, I mean, I don't see any way he comes out winning that fight. So um, if he wants to do it middleweight again, I mean, so be it. But light heavy is not – that's not going to fare well for Israel Adesanya. So mm-hmm. uh, I think Izzy's got to focus on taking his own division back if he's going to do that. 
Sure, and and speaking of Alex, then, so if Izzy's not necessarily in your thought process of being the guy that can uh, jump up to two hundred five and take it, I mean, who's I get who's next? You know, like is it uh, you know there, there's probably a good list of guys out there. I think this is one of the um, lighter divisions out there, so it's not very it's not a lot of guys at the top right now necessarily. Um, but do you have anyone? Well, Jamila Hill, the obvious next guy, probably, or do you have someone else in mind? Yeah, I think for sure you you want to see Jamal Hill now go and, and swing and bang, as Derek Lewis would say, which is you, <laughs> UFC fighter quote of the day, baby. We're swinging <laughs> and we're banging. Um, it was either that or you know, like I'll remember that, and then he's like, no, I'll write that shit down, take a picture of it. I don't give a fuck. So, <laughs> so I mean, uh. No, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think Jamal Hill is the is the um, is the obvious option there. Mm-hmm. Granted, I think with that, I mean, this it, this division's a little like a you, little, you could say it, like it's it's just not very top heavy. Like, there's only I can only think of like off the top of my head like four or five guys even kind of in the race. I feel like, and so well, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, and, and Yuri's probably one of the better ones. So I feel like Alex just kind of went up, took out the best guy or the second best guy they got, and now it's you're kind of sitting there like, so who's next? You know, outside of, you know, uh, Jamala Hill, it's, it's who's next, you know? Well, I, I think, I mean, Angoliev's got to go and fight someone, I think, who's ranked under him at this point to keep mm-hmm. his spot. Because we've had two fights with him now where it's just like, you know, almost like snooze fests, fests from from his side of things. Uh, Johnny mm-hmm. Walker, that that's an interesting, interesting fight. Granted, I don't think that happens with the people ahead of him. Um, yeah. Well, they are doing. They announced that rematch of Johnny Walker and Ankalaev. I think for February, I believe it was, uh, maybe late January on a fight night. So we're getting that immediate rematch to kind of you know put that to bed on who's going to win that one. So, um, but yeah, keep going. I mean, do you have any other? Yeah, uh, Alexander Radrick, uh Radek is uh, is an interesting option. Uh, I mean, you know, ranked number five overall in the division. He's he's fairly, um, well, I mean, fairly young, thirty one years old. So he's in he's in the prime of his career at this point. Um, Fourteen wins, three losses. I mean, that that's got to raise some eyebrows in the division. Where I mean, you still have Anthony Smith in the top ten, and you know, <laughs> Anthony Smith is at this point. You know, he's getting up there in age, thirty five years old. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like his, you know, he's he's on the down of his career at this point. But Jan Blachowicz, um he's forty, man. I mean, he's I, I love Polish power, but I don't really think that you can make that fight. Granted, I think if you do make that fight, I think Jan walks away with the belt because Jan is going to wrestle him, and and it's like mm. I just don't know why nobody has figured out. Hey, if you wrestle, Pereira's a kickboxer. Yeah, if you wrestle him and take him to the ground. Granted, keep in mind. I don't. You never know because you do have um, Glover Teixeira in his corner over there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, mean, I wonder if Alex is in the same camp of guys like the McGregor's or you know even like the Sean O'Malley's of the world, where we think of them as sh- such great strikers, but like they can also maybe hold their own better on the ground. We just haven't really seen it, obviously. But right. maybe that's why like Yuri was hesitant because he's like, if I take it to the ground and he starts beating me on the ground. He's gonna like psychologically think he has no chance. Yeah, but I mean, dude, that guy is a world champion mm-hmm. kickboxer, 
you don't want to, I wouldn't stay. If, if, if you told me tomorrow I have to fight him, dude, I'm taking that. I'm pulling out the high school wrestling. <laughs> I'm doing everything. I'm losing, too. <laughs> There's not a world where I win. But I'm pulling out the high school wrestling, and I'm lasting longer than Sean O'Malley did, motherfucker. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so, and then speaking of, uh, so Yuri Prohaska here. So, I mean, where do we think – he's going to go from here, you know, taking the loss. Now he drops a little bit. I mean, is he going to stay around the the top but never really get back to the top? Or do you think he kind of jumps a division? Like, where do we think uh, Yuri's going to well, kind of land? I, I think Yuri's the number two overall in this division, even mm-hmm. after even after losing. And I wouldn't division jump if I'm Yuri. I mean, I'm, I'm going to – I think Yuri's almost in the same boat right now as Angolayev is, where I, I'd like to see him fight someone ranked under him to, to – Make sure, hey, you belong in the top top five. Where you know top five, anytime you can get a title shot. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of kind of where you know you need to prove that you still belong because sure. I mean they really need to get you know some some young blood up in that uh up in that light heavyweight because this used to be the most stacked division in the UFC when John Jones initially came into the UFC and now it seems like it's really dissipated. Um, but again, I think J- Jamal Hill is probably the next shot for Alex Pajeda. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to see Adesanya. I know how that fight's going to go already. <laughs> uh, and then I think if if Jamal Hill loses, I'd like to see Jan. Okay. I want to see Alex Pajeda against a wrestler, somebody who's going to wrestle him. So that's just me sure. personally. I don't know. Kyle, what do you think? Oh, sorry. I was taking a yeah, taste of that. Never... <laughs> no. <clears throat> I mean, the thing with <laughs> the thing with uh, with with uh, I just wanted to say about Yuri, like the the guy's only got like he's only fought four times in the UFC. Like he got a couple of a couple of knockouts, and then it was time to, to challenge for a title. And mm-hmm. like <clears throat> he's he's gonna be back. He's probably gonna be fighting for for a, the light heavyweight title. He's not going anywhere. He's young enough. He's not he's not like old man, uh, <clears throat> old man uh Polish power. You know the lightweight division is very very chaotic at the moment every time someone wins the title they either get hurt or something happens but i as far as yuri i think he'll be back and okay. are we on the are we on the second fight now Sorry, I was, no we're, we were going to jump to oh, kind of who you oh, who you thought was next for for Atspera, whether it's adesanya oh, or jamal hill or whoever yeah you had that screen up i was like oh do we already move it no but no but i mean like he called out Adesanya, obviously. I don't think that's a great idea for Adesanya to move up and try to fight him as much as he probably wants to because their careers have been kind of on the opposite trajectory and his is not in the right one. Um, but I don't think that's a good idea at all. I mean, Adesanya was at the top of the middleweight division for so long that by the time we got to the Sean Strickland fight, we kind of saw that people were starting to figure him out. His style, his fighting style wasn't so hard to, to fight against. Obviously, Sean Strickland figured it out masterfully. But mm-hmm. like Michael said, um, Uncle Live and Johnny Walker are going to be fighting again <laughs> at the beginning of next year. Uh, that's something that we can look at. And um, Uncle Live has, uh, has the opposite um, issue at, that Yuri has. He's, all of his fights have been slow, not entertaining, and some don't even end with a win or a loss. So it's kind of hard to, to justify putting him up for a title 
title challenger when he's not when he's not bringing in a bunch of money. Not a lot mm-hmm. of people are talking about him. But I mean, I think you just got to give it to Jamal Hill. Like he won the title, you know, he got injured. He's not going to be able to fight for a few months. I mean, you could have if you if you, if you think Jamal Hill's not going to be back for a bit, you could you could slide someone in, you know, see the Johnny Walker on Goliath fight how that goes. But I think you're going to give Jamal Hill's got to get the title shot, you know, mid next year. Mm-hmm. That's definitely what they're going to do. Yeah, that's, that sounds good. Jamal Hill and uh, and Alex Pereira, I think, is a, a big money fight. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but jumping down here to this uh, co-main event here, uh, we have our interim, their new interim heavyweight champion here, Tom Aspinall, winning by just a straight punch knockout in like a what, what is it, like a minute and nine seconds. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I know Kyle, you know, I, I have my screen sharing, so you have this. Uh, I'll throw this one to you. I mean, instant reaction to Tom Aspinall knocking out uh, Pat Pavlich. I think that was like last on the bingo card for us. I think there was like no chance that was going to happen, and it happened. Yeah, I mean, we we all knew that this fight wasn't was never going to the distance. I would have been surprised if it made it past three rounds. I mean, neither of these guys ever make it out of the first round, and they're always knocking guys out. And honestly, mm-hmm. when I was watching that thing, I was like, man, like I was just waiting for that huge Pavlovich just missile, you know, down the middle, and and it was it would be all over. But that missile did come, but Aspinall took it quite well I would say mm-hmm. you know he took that punch you know he he didn't get massively rocked or get dropped or anything and what we saw in this fight for as short as it was we saw the speed of Tom Aspinall this Tom Aspinall and you could you could probably put Cyril Gaon in there this kind of mm-hmm. new breed of heavyweights where they're a little lighter a lot better in shape and they're just quick and they're just way quicker than everyone else that they fight mm-hmm. and they're able to not Cyril Gaon but Tom Aspinall he's able to finish people on the ground, great wrestling. He's, he's kind of the whole package, and that's not something you you see in heavyweight, like, ever. You know, we saw we saw um, Daniel Cormier. That was, that's probably the, the best comp I could think of for Tom Aspinall, but just the speed in this fight. It was, I was astonished at how he was able to get in and out of range, and then when he wanted to load up and take a shot, he connected, and I mean, that's all it took, and Tom Aspinall is the new heavyweight the in, new interim heavyweight champion, and mm-hmm. it, it blew my mind. Yeah, Steven, I mean, I'll just tell you the exact same question. I mean, I know you weren't on the, the preview for 295, um, but literally all three of us, me, Kyle, and Tyler, were all just talking about how it's either going to be a surging knockout or a Tom, you know, submission win, basically. And then it's like, oh, a, a Tom knockout. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Like, it was, it was definitely less in our thought process. So what did you make of it? How shocked were you? And um, give me your thoughts on what you saw from Tom. Yeah, no, I think um, I think, I think Tom Aspinall really did shake up the world there. Um, I mean, and, and you got to love a fighter who – his entire country just gets behind him. And that's Tom Aspinall, man. The UK just loves this guy. They, they like breathe, sleep and eat Tom Aspinall, man. Um, and, and I mean, and I got mad love for guys who can just captivate an entire nation like that. So, I mean, good for Tom Aspinall. Um, to be quite honest with you, <laughs> it might be a good thing. Cause I got to keep that record real nice. Um, and, 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 Sergey is is nothing to be messed with, man. I was mm-hmm. kind of like you. I said I was waiting for that just straight punch down the down the middle and and sending it, and uh, it, it really didn't even have time to come because Tom Aspinall just decided to 
throw the kitchen sink at him. So, and it, and it connected and I was like, man, <laughs> I got a little Derek Lewis in that boy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, no, that's was, kind of my thoughts. Yeah. It was, it was definitely impressive. And I know this fight was kind of, um, the interim substitute because John Jones got that injury and obviously you're not just going to go throw Stipe into this kind of fight on like a week and a half notice even because they want to save him for the John Jones fight so I guess this is a weird spot that the UFC is in because we have an interim champion who's not necessarily like next in line for the champion that's kind of Stipe and John Jones so I guess where does Tom Aspinall kind of go from here who's kind of next in line is he going to have another fight before John Jones and Stipe or Tom Aspinall should not take another fight it'd be very unwise for him to do that and risk any he has a title shot right now he is Mm -hmm. the interim champion uh any fight other than a championship fight doesn't make sense for Tom Aspinall he he can only hurt himself at this point he is the next shot at the title after this Stipe John Jones fight and and anything else would would be a would be a very risky <laughs> risky yeah. take for Tom Aspinall. Yeah, I 100% agree. I don't think he should take another one, but I feel like it's one of those things where like because the timeline for John Jones was so he got hurt in like October, and they said like eight months. So now you're looking at like June, July for like the earliest you could have that Stipe fight. If they have fight, say happens on Fourth of July weekend, right? The the big Fourth of July card they usually put together. Then you have that fight there. You need another three months to probably recover for John Jones before he even thinks about another fight. So now you're looking at this time next year probably is when Tom Aspinall is going to fight again. I mean, do you want to wait that long? Do you want to wait a whole year for your next fight? Or do you want to try to jump into something else? I mean, I think it's just kind of like a weird sticky situation he's in. It's like the Colby Covington situation where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, I mean, who did he beat? Was it Tyron Woodley? And then... Before Izzy, before, before, Izzy? before he fought Usman for the second time. It's oh, like, sorry, Usman. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he he beat Tyron Woodley, and after that, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not taking another fight." And he sat for like a year and however many months after that, and he was just like, "Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm number one. I just gotta wait till wait till he's done knocking knocking these dudes out because Usman's a monster mm-hmm. this year." <laughs> And, yeah, but the, I, and I think the only difference between him and and this situation is that he wasn't like the interim champion. He was just like the number one ranked guy, so he's just kind of waiting. I feel like when you're the interim champion, it's like they're gonna want you to defend right. that title, even though it's not a good idea, like you said. I think it's a terrible idea, but I'm just kind of I'm just so fascinated what their next move is gonna be with him. Yeah, no, I, I think I think he's sitting. I don't I don't see him taking a fight unless they unless they put on an event at the O2 and. I mean, they need a headliner, and they're gonna put put a guy who's untested against him. Mm-hmm. That's the only that's the only way I see him even considering a fight. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So Tom Aspinall will be your, is your interim champion. Um, no, definitely no news on him on a fight. Um, Dana White did mention the Alex Pereira Jamala Hill fight. Tom Aspinall has nothing right now. Um, so, and it'll probably stay like the way like we said, unless something crazy happens. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of your headliner for 295. Uh, do you guys want to mention? I know probably Kyle does, but do you guys want to mention anything else from this show before we just kind of start talking about UFC news in general and then preview the fight card next week? Or is Jessica, we Jessica Andrade put on a masterclass. She did. That was that was uh, really impressive yeah. from her. She. I think I think this is one. 
if I remember correctly, I think we all picked Mackenzie Dern. Or at least I did. I'm pretty sure Kyle did as well. I don't know what Tyler picked on it, but I think we were all kind of wrong on this one. Ah, see, yeah, I really okay. yeah. It's easy to say after the fact. So, I mean, I, I can't say it and, like, you know, brag, but um, Mackenzie Dern is a monster, but Jessica Andrade looks like a dude. <laughs> and and she fights like one, too, man. She, she just – she ragdolls people in there and – uh I mean, hey, she's a past champion, and she could show the wife. She, yeah. she and she could well be on her way to to challenging for that title in the strawweight division. It's mm-hmm. which is currently um, currently in a interesting spot where you know the title seems to be kind of moving around just a a, a little <laughs> bit. Uh huh. I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, down Whaley's hands, and Carlos Barza dropped it, and before that. I think Rose Namajunas dropped it, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, I don't think any of them have had more than like one title defense with it. I think it's been like drop, drop, drop. You know, like pretty rapidly. Yeah. So, um, should be interesting. Kyle, you had something on this one? Yeah, I got two points on the card. For first, okay. this this Andrade Dern fight, I did pick Mackenzie Dern, but she did absolutely everything wrong in this fight that I could ever think of. <laughs> first of all. Okay, you're fighting Jessica Andrade. What do you not want to do? You don't want to stand and trade with her when mm-hmm. you're, A, not very good at standing and trading with anyone in general, and, two, you're at least, as what we've seen so far, very good in jiu-jitsu and wrestling. And you know what Jessica Andrade is not good at? Jiu-jitsu and wrestling. All she wants to do is stand and bang. And Mackenzie Dirt did absolutely nothing that she could have done to win this fight. And on top of that, she just looked awful with her technique. She was wailing, throat. she looked like Ronda Rousey like when she fought Holly Holm and was just getting the shit kicked out of her. Looks like she didn't know where she was. And attempted, maybe, uh, did she even attempt to take down? Four? She didn't, um, she didn't actually. Yeah, she attempted, Mackenzie Dern attempted four. It looks like Andrade didn't attempt one. Which makes sense. Yeah, so Mackenzie Dirt did successfully complete a single takedown. And then once she just said, screw it, I'm just going to stand and bang. Like, you don't do that with Jessica Andrade. Like, Jessica Andrade, yeah, she's, she's had her, you know, she said she's been on a down, downward trajectory recently, but she got on the right weight class. And if, she, if you want to stand and trade with her, like, I don't know what to tell you. So, horrendous, disgusting performance by Mackenzie Dern. I mean, I'm, you know, all props to Andrade for, you know, coming back, doing her thing, doing what she's good at. Um, Mackenzie didn't do that at all. So um, very disappointed in that performance. But, you know, it is what it is. And lastly, um, you know, there's this guy. I, I'm, I don't know if I've ever talked to him about him before. His name is uh, Diego Lopez. And, uh, you know, he's just a beast. You know, that's all I can say. I mean, I, like in the preview, like I said in the preview, you know, Pat Softhand Sabatini not going to be able to handle, handle Diego Lopez. And Diego is like, I know I'm a world-class jiu-jitsu artist, but I'm just going to knock the shit out of you because I want to. And mm-hmm. he's a beast. And you'll be, he's going he's gonna to be ranked very soon, and he's going to start getting those big-name fights. And just like his, uh, his chest tattoo that says, dream, believe, and make it happen, you know that's what he's doing. Yeah, Steven, on this one, I mean, obviously we didn't have your predictions beforehand, but going in, what were kind of your – Going in, Fox, and how impressed were you with Diego Lopez? Uh, dude, those Brazilian guys are, are 
damn good and they're damn hard to root against and or bet against at least. So um, I, I favored Lopez in this one and and uh, I mean, dude, yeah, that guy, that guy, that guy needs some competition put against him because he looks like he he's um, right now just having fun in there. <laughs> I mean, other yeah. guys are other guys are fighting and and he's having fun and and if you're the guy having fun, usually. Um, you're <laughs> you're yeah. winning, so mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think that at this point, uh, it'll be excited for to see who his next fights against. Yeah, Kyle, do you do you have any uh, insider knowledge on the Diego Lopez front out of a possible next fight or anything? No, absolutely not. But you know, he's going to take whatever the first fight he gets offered, and then if he if he's if he wins that fight, you got to get him ranked, man. I mean, he took Mavzar Evolev, one of the rising stars in the featherweight division. He could have submitted. Mavzar wasn't like the most flexible human being on earth. He mm-hmm. could have easily submitted him. So, I mean, you got to rank him if he gets another win. You just got to, especially the way he's winning. So electric. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, but, yeah, so that is your quick rundown of 295 here. I, again, I said quick. I think we're a solid, like, half hour into the show now. But, Quick, quick rundown of 295 and kind of where things stand after that show. Um, before we jump into this uh, upcoming fight night card, was there anything on the on the panel here that we want to talk about? What, like any news, notes, upcoming things, or just any generalities before we hit this card? Or you want to just jump into the card? Did we announce, um, or did we talk about all of the uh, all of the uh, numbered cards, pay-per-views that are... That I, so I think I think we did year. talk about it. we did. But uh, actually, I, I don't think... I don't think, uh, Stephen, you were here when we talked about it. So actually, I kind of want to okay. get your takes on yeah. the next three upcoming ones. Uh, unless, correct me if you were here, do you remember? I, I think it was just me, Kyle, and Tyler here, but... Yeah, no, I don't think I was here. Um, All right. Yeah, because yeah. then we can run through these really quick with you then and kind of just get your instant reaction to them. Um... So on January 20th, um, 297, we'll have Sean Strickland taking on Driscus Duplice for the middleweight title. Um, 298, we'll have Volkanovski and Ilya Tepora. And then at 299, we have Sean O'Malley and uh, Vera, Marlon Vera, too. Um, those are your next three kind of announced ones. What's kind of your takeaway from those three? And which ones are you excited for? Which ones are you like, eh, could have been a better fight made for that title. Oh, no, I'm, I'm excited for all of them. I mean, um, yeah, uh-huh. seriously, the, like, uh, dude, these are, these are some sweet fights there. I mean, granted, I think the, the Strickland Duplessis card, uh, is, I mean, pretty, it, pretty average. It, uh, it is, it is Jan Bolovitz fighting on it, which makes me excited. It, it feels Dominic, like a, it feels like your normal, like, um, January card, because I remember a couple years ago, that was the one that McGregor versus uh, Donald Cerrone was like the January card of, what was it, like 2021 or something? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, the rest of the card was like, okay, but then you had McGregor on it. Like, I feel like the January card is usually just yeah. okay to start the year off, so um, it, I didn't expect like a lot. It's trying, trying to incorporate, which, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with them, you know, really trying to get some new fighters out to, out to people, especially at the beginning of the year, you know, opportunities for people to um, you know, see some new fighters and see what they can do. I'm not mad at it. A lot of the people fighting on this card, I think, are some younger people taking on some vets or, you know, vice versa. Um, but, 
I mean, like, Dominic Reyes is on here. I'm not too excited to see him fight. I think the guy he's going against is pretty darn good, and I don't see that really going well for Dominic Reyes. <laughs> um, Jan Blahovich, I mean, this guy just keeps taking. I think Jan Blahovich is, is I want to say. He's uh, 40. Is he 40 now? He is 40. Oh, my gosh. I, see, I I thought he might even be older than 40, but – um. No, his birthday is uh, the 24th of February, so he'll be 41 then. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so, yeah, he is 40. I'm like, he just – he so far is like – he hasn't given me a reason to not be excited to watch him. So, I am excited for that one. Um, the Neil Nagy one will be interesting. Um, he's he's going to have his hands full with Mike Mallett. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not too familiar with Raquel Pennington, so um, I'll have to – I'll be interested to kind of do some research into that fight, but um, yeah, I mean, all in all, I think the the Sean Strickland Drake or Drakus Duplessis fight is exciting, and I'm excited to see the African fighter take on the uh, American fighter. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, I think the last time you were on, we were kind of talking about how Volkanovski wanted that rematch right away after 294, and they were shooting for that January card, um, able to get it moved back at least a couple weeks to 298. Um, I think our initial reaction when we talked about it, we were all just a little bit worried that, it, again, it's just a little too soon for Volkanovski. What was your thought on Volkanovski taking this fight, you know, three months after the Oliveira loss? You know what? I mean, it's it's so tough because, I mean, like, I, I got to go ahead and say the same thing that I always say when it comes to Volkanovski, which is, like, you know what? If it was any other fighter on the roster – I'd say, like, this guy is putting himself in a terrible position, and there's no way this dude walks out of here. But, God damn it, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky is that guy. He is him, baby. I don't want to hear anybody saying he's taking it too early because he's a monster, baby. That dude's a machine. He needs to be mm-hmm. fed. He needs to eat, and he's eating right now. And he's got a bad taste in his mouth, and he's still got the belt. And, and Ilya Tuporia is a monster, no losses, and I think that changes, baby. Alex Volkanovsky's training now, and that guy's going to be ready when it comes time to fight and throw down. Mm-hmm. He's not taking it on short notice. He's getting the full camp. Um, be, be ready for Ilya Tuporia to get his first loss because Alexander Volkanovsky is not losing that fight. All right, and then, like I said, 299, we're going to – the third one of this that we're going to be talking about, Sean O'Malley and Marlon Vera. I think this is the one when right after Sean O'Malley won, we kind of talked about how Marlon Vera was probably the guy we didn't necessarily want to see in this spot, at least the first defense. Um, but it, it will be your first defense come March 9th. Um, how do you feel about this rematch? And does Sean O'Malley get revenge on his only loss on his resume, or is he going to come to – Take the loss here, do you think? You know, um, uh, Sean O'Malley is going to go ahead and win this fight. I mean, the, the, the people who want to say Marlon, Marlon Chilovera's is the killer. That guy was put on the earth to fight people and, mm-hmm. and probably, you know, murder them too with his bare hands. The, the dude's the real deal. But uh, Sean O'Malley, is, um, it almost feels like a tune-up fight. I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to see Eljamain Sterling just because I know what that fight entails and it's, I think it'll look very similar to what we already saw. Mm-hmm. Just granted, maybe take a little bit longer, and, and Aljamain just going to be a little bit more hesitant but um, before he shoots or tries to go in or whatever. But, but Sean O'Malley, it, I think it's the same outcome. Uh, granted, the Bantamweight division is stacked up. It, it feels like a tune-up fight. And I know if there's one fight in that division that I am just, like, I am just craving, that I just need to see 
that that needs to happen that I'm just uh, I'm I'm praying to the UFC gods and and I'm and I'm really hoping for it. and that's that's to see Corey Sanhagen go in there and fight Sean O'Malley for the belt. Mm-hmm. I mean I love my man Corey Sanhagen. <clears throat> I got my guys, you know I got my guys in every division and, and Corey Sanhagen, my guy in the bantamweight division and uh, I love Corey. I love Sean O'Malley, but I'd love to see Corey Sanhagen go in there get a title shot and slap him up. So I nice. think. Uh, but but granted, they'll do the Marab fight first. Yeah, I think. yeah, probably. I mean, listen, I, I mean, depending on how good we all think Sean O'Malley is, I mean, he might be having multiple fights for this title if uh, if all things are said and done here, because I think he's really good, and I think he can take some of these guys in this division. So um, we'll see come March 9th uh, what, we, what we see from Marlon Vera here. But, uh, yeah, those are the three announced um, upcoming. I'm assuming sometime – in the next couple of weeks, we'll probably get that big 300 reveal if it's going to be that McGregor fight or what they got in store for 300. Um, interested in what the game plan is going to be for that one, and we'll for sure cover it. Uh, what are your early thoughts? Just throwing it out there. What do you guys think the main event 300 is going to be? It's, it's got to be McGregor. I mean, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought he was going to be done. He should be done. It, it, McGregor at this point, anything he does can only – unless he goes – and goes on another three fight run and mm-hmm. fights for a title and wins and then and goes off on top or something and goes out on top he only hurts his career at this point i, I genuinely believe um i i think that it's it's the, it's not the same mcgregor that you saw conor mm-hmm. mcgregor before him was was fighting for a nation was fighting to become champion and then not just fighting to become champion but become double champion um and you saw this guy with purpose, and I think at this point you're just seeing somebody who, you know, um, is fighting almost. It, it, and I don't want to, I don't want to say to stay relevant, but that's almost how it kind of feels to me. Is mm-hmm. um, there's like the McGregor era is over. Yeah, it does so, feel like I will say in terms of that, it does kind of feel like like every UFC card, you know, like you see him tweeting all through the card and stuff like. He's like, oh, I could take that guy. Oh, I could do that. And I'm just like, man, he really just wants to stay in the in the sphere of the UFC. Right. Yeah. Um, do you think it's gonna be against Chandler, or do you think there's someone else that they have? Like, do you think it could be like a uh, like a Nate Diaz three, or I mean, where do you where do you think it kind of goes? Well, I mean, Nate Diaz is out of the UFC at this point. I don't see him. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess I guess you'd have to sign him again, but. Um, no, it it should be against Chandler. I mean, keep keep it. Keep it the way it should be. I hope that they don't mess that up. I mean, I mean, they, you know, they were the coaches on the season of the Ultimate Fighter. They, they should be fighting. That's what everybody wants to see. I mean, really, that's the end of the season at that point. <laughs> then is them fighting. Um, I'm not sure if have have the two contestants fought yet at the end of the show yet. I'm not even sure. I mean, I I, I don't believe so. Uh, Kyle, do do you know if the winners have fought yet? Like the like the yeah, I thought they fought like a while ago, like for the Did someone. They? I think I'm pretty sure someone. I'm not 100, percent but I'm pretty sure they fought and someone someone won it. Okay, I mean, they, I'd have I'm to fact sure. check. I'm not 100 percent sure, but uh, right. I, 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 I could be wrong. Like somebody somebody drop in the comments because I'm not knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I I think that uh I think that it's it's like I, that's that's what everybody wants to see everybody watched the show and everybody knows all the backstories and that's what it builds up to and it it almost feels like um 
You know, it, it would feel wrong if McGregor fought someone else. Michael Chandler's a monster. He's a beast. I, I think he's a killer watching him in Bellator defend his belt so many times, then coming over to the UFC. I mean, that guy loves competition. There's no other reason why he would have left Bellator being uh, the champ. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know necessarily in that stacked lightweight division if, if he's going to become champ. And, I, I, and Michael Chandler's not the guy you want to doubt. Lord knows I wouldn't want to fight him, even if he was 150 pounds. Oh, um, but, um, you know, I think that, that McGregor is the most logical fight. Michael Chandler might be one of the most, other than Justin Gaethje, <laughs> uh, <laughs> might be one of the most entertaining fighters on the UFC roster. And to pair him against somebody who gets such a big draw like McGregor, it, it, it to me seems like a really good idea to go ahead and keep that. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's like a match made in heaven. And, uh, and to detract from that or pull away from that just would seem wrong to me at least. So, yeah, keep that keep that the main fight and okay. put it on 300, and there you go. Kyle, do you have the same sentiment? Do you think it's going to be a McGregor fight at 300, or do you think uh, they go a different direction? Yeah, man, I think they're they, – I feel like they just got to go – like like that's just like – because you're probably – I mean, you could, pro- you could have John Jones, you know, but I don't think that's got the same meaning as it even did when it was supposed to happen at 295. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, I, I'm pretty certain that John Jones is going to retire. You know, they're both going to retire after that fight because I don't think John Jones wants John Jones wants anything to do with having to fight Tom Aspinall. He just probably wants to leave his record with no losses and retire. But yeah, yeah. you got to deal with McGregor and Chandler. I mean, like, there's no real stakes to it as far as like the division because we kind of already know like where these guys are at in their careers. McGregor, I mean, anytime you're going to put him in a fight, it's really just going to be to bring in the most amount of dollars and put that on top of UFC 300. That's probably going to be the, what they financially think is the best option. And, you know, Michael Chandler, he's, like like um, <clears throat> Stephen said, you know, he's a killer. But, I mean, he's he's fought the who's who in the, in the lightweight division, and he's lost to the best. And so I don't think he's really going to be contending for a title shot, barring some – crazy destruction of Conor McGregor and then it gets another big fight but yeah I think that's mm-hmm. the fight you just gotta make okay yeah I mean the only other fight I can even think of of guys that kind of are available is if you do the Olivera Makachev rematch at 300 if McGregor's not available I think that's the only other fight I think people are like really amped to see I feel like at this point for like a 300 of that you know, um, other than that, I think both. it has to be McGregor. I think you do them both in the same card. I think I would like to say so, but I don't think there's any way McGregor's not the main event. And it's going to be feel weird to have a championship well, I, fight and then have McGregor main event. I, 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 I think like that, that's, that's exactly what they would do. They would put McGregor in the main event, and then because it's 300, you have title shots, you know, title challenges beneath that but just because it's McGregor you got to put him at the top so you can put his face mm-hmm. everywhere okay Steven uh so we all kind of just agree it's probably gonna be a McGregor fight at 300 yeah granted I wish he wasn't the headliner I think that's what they'll do but um yeah. UFC 300 I want to see title fights I'd love to see two title yeah, fights yeah. and McGregor underneath that like yeah, like yeah. if you could do I mean there's so many different I mean so many different fights that you could do here but I mean um you know, let's just say, for example, you know, you're going to do the winner of um, Colby Covington, Leon Edwards, you know, is the second fight on there. You mm-hmm. do um, 
that would be so cool to see if John Jones and Steve they could be, you know, mainlining that. And then, yeah. you know, like that's the main event, John Jones, Steve Then it's, you know, either Covington or um, Leon Edwards versus whoever. And then it's, uh, you know, then after that, it's like McGregor and put his face everywhere. Like Kyle said, you know, put him, yeah. put all three of their, or all six of their faces, but don't necessarily um, sell out on McGregor just because I don't know if he's, the same draw as he was. He's not, he just, he doesn't have that, you know, he doesn't have that dog. I don't think anymore. Yeah. I think, I think the thing with McGregor is, even though I don't think he's just like, obviously he's not as good and he's not the draw. The second they sit down for that press conference and it's McGregor and Chandler sitting there and they're just talking their shit, you know, they're in sell the fight. Like that fight is sold the second they right. sit down at a press conference or something. That, and that's true. For, from a money standpoint, it totally makes sense. Like from even a, if like, like going in, you're not like super excited. You're gonna have the ESPN interview where they're like the side by side screen, like McGregor and Nate Diaz did that one time, and he's just talking his shit, and then Michael Chandler's talking, and it's like, yep, there you go. You just sold everyone on the fight right there. Right. You know. So, um, but yeah, that's 300. Um, hopefully, we'll get some news in the next couple weeks or a month or so. Um, on what that might be, but uh, enough speculating. We have a card to talk about. We have this upcoming Fight Night card, which Tyler brought up a couple weeks ago. Might be a little more stacked than most UFC numbered cards are, kind of shockingly. Um, we got some big names on here, a lot of big fights. And uh, normally for Fight Nights, we usually do the top three. I think we kind of talked about, I think we're going to expand out a little bit and talk about a few of these because there's some big uh, fight implications, I think, on some of these. So, uh, Steven, did you want to... We're definitely going to do the top four. Do you want to talk about any of these other ones before we jump into the top four? Or Yeah, uh, I think the Misha Tate fight is, is really interesting to me. Um, okay. Misha Tate is fantastic. She's a killer. Um, she is the dog on that one currently. And, I mean, she is fighting the younger um, younger fighter there. So, I mean, yeah. it, it'll be an interesting fight for sure. Um, yeah, honestly, kind of... I, I kind okay, of, Oh, no, you're okay. I think Misha Tate kind of might actually, if you want to root for an underdog or you want to bet um, the under, Misha Tate mm-hmm. might, be a, might be a good bet there. She's just got a lot of experience. I think that that one, uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be close. But I think that at the end of the day, uh, Misha Tate might get that one done. Yeah, and just for everyone just listening, because I have the screen up for us, but Misha Tate sitting at a plus 125 underdog to Julia Avila, who's the minus 150 favorite. Uh, Kyle, do you have similar... Uh, taste on this fight? Do you think Misha kind of takes this one as the underdog, or do you think Julia, um, the slightly younger, not super, 37 to 35 year old, um, but definitely a lot less experienced, do you think she can take Misha Tate on this one? I have absolutely no opinion on this. That's all. So, no, I'm no eager to even think about it, no. Not at all. <laughs> Come on, give a bet, Kyle. Give a bet. Don't be scared to put that record uh, on the line, baby. I'll give you a if, – if I was your financial advisor, mm-hmm. I would say bet by disqualification, by okay. I poke with the toe. <laughs> I poke with the toe. Yes. Damn, that's – so who who wins via disqualification then? Well, I'm going to have to probably I, – I mean, I would need to do more research, figure out, you know, the length of these chick toes, but I'll, mm. I'll just guess and say that I'll take Julia. You know, she's probably – she's younger. She's got she, – her, she her bones aren't compressing. And, yes, mm. like Misha mm-hmm. Tate might be. 
So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take her. But she'll get disqualified because she'll throw the kick. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So I'll take Misha Tate as well. I think Misha Tate's really good. And um, I think this is definitely one, the main event of the prelims. I think it's definitely something to look at. Uh, Kyle, were there any on here that you wanted to jump into before we got into the top four? Um, I mean, not really, no. I mean, I haven't really had time to go through it. Um, you know, just doing so much school every day that I can't be bothered to check out the fight nights. But, uh, Man. <laughs> no, I mean. Kyle, no, Kyle's, Kyle's basically telling the audience, we don't care about fight nights. But me and Steven, <laughs> we care about fight nights. I mean, I, I care about fight nights. I just am less intrigued by the prelims slash mm. early main card. Yeah. If you could tell me the last name of that guy who's the first fight of the main card, then I might give you five dollars. <laughs> you could pronounce that last name. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not only going to tell you how to say his name. Uh-huh. I'm going to send him to your house to to have him ask you how much you care about it. <laughs> Listen, when he puts on an absolute war show, um, you're going to be saying sorry next week when we're talking about it. So, hey, he he may be a killer. I just won't be able to say his name. I'll just be like, that guy's a killer. <laughs> all right well jumping into the top four here so the the first of the four we're gonna be talking about here um i i moved it to four because i really like this one guy in this fight uh sean brady the minus 120 favorite taking on galvin gaslam uh the plus 100 underdog i mean they're really close to being a pick at this point but there's a slight advantage to sean brady's way um steven i'll throw this one to you um which way you're leaning um, do you, do you like Sean Brady here, fifteen and one, or do you think Kelvin gets the upset? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going back to my fighter quote of the day. You can write this shit down, take a picture. I don't give a. But <laughs> Sean Brady is walking out of this one with a W. Kelvin Gaslam, I think is um, I, I think is is not going to enjoy this. Granted, I will say, southpaw fighters typically do well against orthodox fighters. I'm okay with being wrong on this fight, and and I totally can see a world where Kevin Gaslam gives him a hard time. But I think just Sean Brady is, um, man, he's just accurate. I, it's it's you don't you rarely see this guy miss when he throw punches. I feel like I feel like every time he he taps, he connects almost. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just I mean his his um, striking accuracy is very impressive, sixty three point three nine percent. Even just looking here at uh, the screen, Michael's got up. And uh, that's kind of just alluding to what I'm saying here, where I'm like, you know, this guy is very calculated when he throws. It seems like he connects frequently. Um, he's got the tattoos. He's 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 the real deal, man. So <laughs> yeah. And the funny part is, you went to the significant straight accuracy. I kind of went to the takedown accuracy. I mean, he he completes 50% of his takedowns, and he averages 2.8 per fight. I mean, I feel like he kind of gets that nice range of both striking accuracy and being able to take you down to the ground that not a lot of guys bring in the welterweight division. Right. Um, so I would also fighter. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm kind of leaning Sean here, Kyle. Um, what do you, what are you leaning on this one, Sean or Calvin? Yeah. I mean, pretty similar to what Steven said. I mean, I, I really, I really like Sean Brady and you don't have to really look much farther than just bait the, the straight up stats. Like, he's got the reach. He's, I mean, he's only one year younger, but he's got a lot of less fights on him. Kevin Gaslam has been fighting for what feels like forever. He fought on the UFC 200 card. 
which is crazy. He's so much. But he's, he's got the more strikes per minute, high higher significant strike average. He's got more takedown average, higher takedown accuracy. I mean, if if you want, if you just look at the stats right there, that's all you really need to say. I mean, mm-hmm. give me Sean Brady by head kick knockout. Head kick knockout. All right. Starting off hot here with the knockout and Sean Brady unanimously with us three taking the dub there. Um, moving on, we have um, in the bantamweight division, Rob Font, the minus one forty favorite, will be taking on Figueredo, the uh, plus one twenty underdog. Kind of shocking to see him as an underdog, considering him and uh, Brandon Moreno went through an absolute war of four fights. Um, I'll throw this one to Kyle first. I mean, where do you where are you seeing? Do you like do you like Rob Font here, or do you are you leaning Figueredo? Yeah, man, I absolutely love this fight, man. Rob Front, this dude's been a killer recently. Uh, everyone mm-hmm. knows David Figueredo from his four-fight war. And I just am so excited to watch this fight. I mean, it's going to be an absolute brawl, whether you're, you're up top throwing bombs at each other or trying mm-hmm. to take each other down. It's just going to be so much fun, man. I'm so excited. I mean, it's but it, it's hard because, you know, we've – Davidson Figueroa just was – it feels like he was champion like two seconds ago. And now we've – and then there's been two other title holders since. But I'm probably going to go Rob on here. I, I just think that he's just he's just getting hot at the right time. He's going to be able to hit him. He's got that knockout power as we saw in his previous fight. Well, no, he got he got hugged against Corey Sanhagen for five or five minutes or the entire fight. But uh, the fight before that against Yanez. We saw that knockout power. I think we're going to see that again. Mm-hmm. Like, give me Rob Font by knockout in the second round with five seconds left. Okay. Uh, interesting note that this is in the bantamweight. I think this is Figueroa's first bantamweight fight at 140. So that's also kind of something to keep in note. Steven, where are you kind of leaning on this one? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Davidson Figueroa owns the only four-fight, I want to say trilogy, but I'm going to say quilogy because it was a four-fight quad <laughs> trilogy. So quad he owns trilogy. the only quilogy. Quadrilogy? <laughs> quadrilogy. <laughs> quilogy? Quadrilogy in the UFC that he shares with Davis and Figueredo. With, with that being said, mm. and I'm about to leave Corso, y'all. I'm taking Rob Font in this fight, baby. Go ahead and give me him. Those four fights, man, DC said it best, and I don't want to do another fight or quarter of the day, which I've mm-hmm. already done too, but the, those, man, those trilogies slash andor quilogies, quadrilogies, they, they take something out of you, man. And uh, and <laughs> what can I say, dude? Rob Font is, he's, he's right now, he's just, he's right where he needs to be. He's right where he wants to be, and he looks fantastic. He's a technical guy. He has the reach advantage on this fight by – almost three inches, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, by almost four inches. Yeah. So, I mean, three and a half, yeah. Three and a half, yeah. I round that up, that's four. <laughs> and, and if I'm wrong, I'm two, I'm two beers and a, you know, whatever other drink in, but, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. Yeah. It's almost four. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, I'm just going to say right now, I think that, um, as good as I think Davidson Figueredo is, I think those, I mean, we've seen how much three fight trilogies take out of people. Mm-hmm. And we can see right now from Brandon Moreno, quadrilogies takes take a lot out of guys too. So uh, give me Rob Font on this one. 
Yeah, I I really like Figueroa, but I just think that that like you said that quadrilogy man is just it really probably just took something out of him. He hasn't fought since uh, January of twenty three when that when that last one happened. So um, he, he's had a lot of time off here, but I don't think it's gonna matter. I think Ron Fox gonna take this one. He's been hot, and I think he's gonna stay hot. Um, yeah, so that's. That's that one. I, I'm shocked that we had Steven say quadrilogy so many times there. That was, that was something. <laughs> uh, so our co-main event here in our lightweight division, we have Jalen Turner, who is the minus 200 favorite, taking on a guy that we talk about, I feel like, every single podcast for some reason. Uh, Bobby Green, just fighting again, you know? I feel like he's fought three times since we started doing this, like a month ago. Um, but, yeah, he's the plus 170 favorite. Steven, where are you leaning? Um, no, yeah, so I mean, I can, uh, <laughs> I can say right now that, um, ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Green's getting it done again. Bobby Green, with the height disadvantage, uh, with the reach disadvantage, with the orthodox against a southpaw, I'm telling you right now, Bobby Green's on a run. Uh, this dude is on the same kind of run that we saw Glover Teixeira go on. He's on the same kind of run that at one point we saw Anthony Smith go on. He is in the later stages of his career at 37 years old, and he's going out there to put all of the experience on Jalen Turner. Give me Bobby Green in this one, baby. Bobby Green's going ahead and winning, not only winning, winning by knockout. Wow, okay. Win by knockout. Kyle, do you share that same sentiment, or are you going uh, the favorite here, Jalen Turner? I do not share that same sentiment. I, I think Jalen Turner is a killer. He put Dan Hooker in the hospital. Oh. He, he, he felt bad that he put Dan Hooker in the hospital. He said, I took years off that man's life. And that, that fight with Dan Hooker was crazy. And I think he's got that insane length. He's got that six-inch reach advantage. That's crazy. Um, and I think if he connects with a head kick like he did against Dan Hooker, that Dan Hooker somehow survived. I think he connects that kind of power on Bobby Green's head. I don't think he's 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 going to be able to get up from that. So I'll take Jalen Turner by decision. Kyle, can we make a deal? If Bobby Green, That's- if Bobby Green wins this fight, you are never allowed to bet against Bobby Green ever again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then I gotta. What do I? What do? What do I? What do you have to do if I? Yeah, Kyle. What do you? I, what do you want? What do you want? All right, all right, all right. I, I have I'll, to drink. I'll I have to drink. To the deal. Oh. <laughs> you you like to drink, Steve? Anyway. You'll drink anyway. I have to drink a shoey right, if I lose. <laughs> oh boy. No, you have to drink a shoey from my feet that I shoes I wore all day. Dude, I'm down. Your work boots. Let's go. Bring to that. Bring to that. That's a deal. All right. I'll take that extra flavor. <laughs> All right, well, wasn't expecting that, but that happened. Um, yeah, I'm also going to take Jalen Turner. Steven, I'm not taking a deal from you. Um, I'm just going to take Jalen Turner. <laughs> I think everything kind of lines up, you know, younger, longer reach. I just think, you know, he's on the rise a little bit. And I think, um, I, I mean, we I've said it, I tried saying this idea twice, and it didn't work out the last two times, but I feel like, like, it's that younger guy to take down the older veteran guy. I think it's that kind of fight. So I'm it's going so for it. Because this is a, it's exactly what we said last time Bobby Green fought. 
it is exactly like 100% what we said last time, and we were totally wrong. So I got to be totally right this time. Jalen Turner is going to win. And if not, then we got a bet to watch. So that'll be fun. Um, and then our main event here in our lightweight division, we have um, there's no odds on this fight for some reason. So I'm going to look up really quick what these odds are. But uh, we got Benil Darnoush, and we got Arman uh, with a really long. Do you, do you guys know how to pronounce his last name by chance? Tarsukin, I believe. Tarsukin, yeah, I think. Yeah, Armand's going at it with Bernil Darnouche. Uh, Kyle, where do you want to lean on this one? When Bernil Darnouche fought Charles Oliver in his previous fight in Toronto, Canada, in that really, uh, uh, you know, we it should have been the main it should have been the main fight of the card, you know, even though there was a title fight ahead of it, it just should have been. But that's mm-hmm. beside the point. That's just I just had to vent a little bit, just a little bit. But with that being said, Benil Darius wasn't able to basically do anything against Charles Oliveira. But the thing is, Benil Darius is an absolute killer, and mm-hmm. he has great striking, amazing jujitsu, great scrambling ability. If it gets, if it gets, if it somehow gets to the ground, he's able to. Cut kind of scramble into those positions that are really awkward. He's able to get out of weird positions where you think he's kind of, you know, locked down. He can't really get out. And, I mean, he got rocked quick against Charles Oliveira. So, I mean, there wasn't really much he could do. He tried, but before he knew, before he knew it, he was getting the, the ish beat out of him repeatedly. But Benil Darius is an absolute killer. And it's it, Armand, I don't even want to say his last name, if he if he can't beat Gamrot, I don't think there's any way he'd beat Darius. Darius is a killer. I mean, Darius is he's he's getting up there in age, man. But he's I feel like he's definitely getting a title shot eventually, whether um, against Charles Oliveira if Charles beats Islam or against Islam. But I think he's, he's getting back to the title shot soon. So I'm gonna go Benil Darius by. Uh, gosh, I'm really I'm I'm kind of. I, I'm betting all my decisions. Uh, I'm gonna go by knee bar submission. That's that's a crazy one right there. The knee bar submission. Yeah. Uh, just to yeah. give these updated, Benil Darnouche is the underdog at plus two thirty, and Armand is the minus three ten favorite. So Kyle will be betting the underdog here. Stephen, will you be following suit? Um. So, gosh, I honestly. Uh, I really want to take Tersukin. Um Kyle made some great points, though. I mean, you know, I mean, just he's he's fantastic, uh, and I want to go with Kyle on this one badly. But give me Armand, baby. <laughs> Armand's winning this fight. I don't know what to tell you, dude. He's just he's a young talent. He's hungry. He's going for it. And um, I, dude, I love Benil. I love Benil, but I think he's gonna go on a little bit of a. A little bit of an L streak here. I think uh I think I think Tersukin is, is is the real deal, man. He's about to show it. I mean these the, it, it could go either way. I'm not surprised if Kyle's right. Kyle made great points. Um I almost want to pick <laughs> Darhoos right now. But, <laughs> oh, I'm staying strong, baby. <laughs> Give me your yeah. mom. Yeah, I, I feel that same sentiment. Kyle was kinda of winning me over with his argument, but I, at the end of the day I think I'm gonna take Armand and uh and kinda of round that out. I just think Young, 
poised, and I think he's going to be one of the big-name contenders for the next years to come in that lightweight division. And I think getting this big win will kind of you know put him over the top on that. Let's go, Merck. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's our picks. Uh, was there anything else you guys want to talk about with this card or anything UFC-related before we kind of hop off here? Um, I, think, I think that should be should be everything. Good on Stevens then. Kyle, you got anything you want to add or anything? I mean, not really. I mean, I know Dana White made some fight announcements. Um, I can't really remember them, so they must not have been too important, but nothing that I got. No, they, yeah, they were announcing. I think they're um, – I can pull them up really quick. They weren't anything too crazy. He announced um, a couple fight nights for the early of the year. Um, obviously, the Akalayev and Walker fight. Um Let's see. He has um, Roman uh, Delizzi versus uh, uh, Nazardine Imovov for, in the middleweight division um, for a fight night and a couple other fights like that. So I don't think it was anything super noteworthy, um, but he did announce some stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that's the show. Um, obviously... Um, I think next two weeks from now, we'll be talking UFC 296. Next week, we'll be kind of reviewing this card and talking any more news and notes that we had. So uh, thanks, Stephen, for jumping on with us today. Thanks, Kyle, for joining us today. And uh, I'm the host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel, and we'll see you guys as always next time. Peace!